What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment. Let us know what you think about the episode. If there's a particular guest or topic that you'd like to have on, we'd love to see your feedback on there and then be able to get them on to future episodes. Today, I'm going to be joined by Corey Willis from PPI, and I wanted to talk with him about transmission tuning. He's got some really cool stuff that uh, PPI has just released. Also, diesel tuning in general and some really cool things for 2024 that uh, we're looking forward to. Before we get to it, though, I want to remind you our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 20% off code for you. Go to Kershaw dot kaiusa.com and use code diesel 2023 it's a great way to save some money get some really cool gear so if you need a knife for hunting fishing edc around the job site they've definitely got you covered all right let's get to today's podcast with Corey willis and talk about diesel tuning Corey, welcome back to the diesel podcast I, I enjoy chatting with you i think every time we talk about something i learn about tuning i learn about all the things that are going on in automotive and elsewhere so i look forward to catching up with you today talking about some really cool things as well with Eastern transmission tuning, 10 speed Allison stuff, but I just mm-hmm. want to start with see what, what have you been up to since we chatted last? Yeah, dude, glad to be back with you. It's always a pleasure. Uh, man, honestly, life's been kind of crazy lately. I, uh, you know, we were kind of coming off of this crazy COVID hangover that everybody was dealing with. And then, um, alongside of that, we had the hurricanes that we dealt with, everyone knows about. And then obviously all the EPA nonsense. So it's been like, I guess you could say the last few years have been more survival mode <laughs> than anything. So, and then the last year being kind of like a hangover from all of that. And uh, I'd say, man, the last six months, uh, I really realized that like I was physically unfit. I went to my doctor and he's like, yo, you're uh, basically a pre-diabetic. And I was like, okay, I need to fix that. <laughs> so um, now six, six months roughly ago, I, I started kind of focusing on health and fitness a little bit more. I used to be in great shape. So started working on that a little bit more. And along with obviously many folks know how it goes, whenever you start focusing on your health and fitness, all your mental clarity starts coming together and, uh, you know, got off of the prescriptions that the doctor had me on for irritable bowel syndrome and ADHD and all this other stuff. And so, uh, it's crazy how uh, clear and awesome life is whenever <laughs> you're, you yourself are more clear. It's been really interesting. And looking back at the last three years and all the different pressures, and I, I find sometimes with myself, I get, I trap myself maybe in a bubble, so to speak, where I'm focusing on right. content and automotive and personal things. And I forget about all that stuff that's out there. And I think from a truck perspective or an automotive perspective, it's been, uh, I think what you what you mentioned is really true. I see a lot of um, a lot of innovation, a lot of new things that are coming out. A lot of, I mean, just the supply of of parts and things that people can have. It feels like it's just getting ready to explode with tons of new development, tons of tons of new products. And I think I know that's definitely something we haven't covered enough on you know with the podcast is just what the last three years have been like. And if you're an automotive enthusiast or just anybody, it's how crazy it's been. It's. It's been so crazy, dude. You're absolutely right. And uh, and aside from just, you know, me trying to personally get myself more healthy, uh, the company's been slammed. So we, we we had expectations for this year of, of like a 75 roughly percent gain over the previous years. We talked before about, you know, the, this new market and emissions present and like just how different it was and then, you know, getting it to where it's profitable again while still having the same customer service you'd expect and uh, man, it was, it was pretty crazy, but yeah, likewise, we've been working on a lot of new stuff, uh, 
you know, the um, we've got some electronics and hardware coming out next year that I'm really excited about. Uh, it'll be a pretty good game changer for us, for sure. And so it's just been nonstop, but uh, it's been better, man. It's 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 this last six months of this year has just been so much better. So with this kind of clarity and focus and discipline, I'm I'm really excited to see what happens in 2024. I think with if the lights don't go off, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not doing Radio Free America like Red Dawn. Um, the, the, ting ting, <laughs> that little that little fairy just hanging out over there, which I forget about. <laughs> um, one of the things that I've always whole appreciated, different podcast, whole different day. <laughs> yeah, we'll need a different name, different everything for that one. Um, one of the things that's always been really right. cool about censorship, ready <laughs> about chatting with you is whenever I think of <laughs> modifications in the life cycle of a truck owner, how we change through our twenties or thirties, forties, fifties and on, there's a handful of upgrades that I think always come first and wheels, tires, suspension lift, how the truck looks is, is one of the first, but then right behind it, or maybe even first is tuning. So I always like to ask you, because I think your fingers on the pulse of what diesel truck enthusiasts and owners are wanting have you seen and what is the shift that you've seen, say, the second half of this year leading into 2024, whether it's with emissions on tuning, whether it's with them being more aware of monitoring data, uh, more aware of their emission systems, more more aware of how to keep their newer diesel truck reliable? What kind of things do you see on your side? Uh, like, like that kind of caused this shift in a sense that we've seen? Yeah, and then what that shift is is because I see it, if I step back for a second, say from a podcast perspective, if six years ago I did an episode about emissions on tuning, I don't think many people would listen. Now they ask for it. Right. They, want, they want to know um, <laughs> about it. They want to know the options. So I know that there's been a shift with the truck owners out there, but I don't know exactly how great of a shift that's been because I can, I can almost feel like I'm in an echo chamber kind of in a way just doing podcasts and talking about truck topics. Understand, understand. Yes. So I'm curious what you see. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think there's a few, I think there's a few things that go into this and, and, and I can't really say it just started this past year, the past six months. But if you remember a few years ago when we talked about, it, I said, it's going to take a while. I might see, you know, two to three years before this starts playing out. And what I had figured at the time was <clears throat> for someone to get really good at this stuff, uh, you almost can't hide it. You're going to become known a little bit, you know, I mean, no one in this industry is famous, right? But in our small, small little worlds, people know our names. And the reason they know our names, you know, uh, not just PPI, but, but you, yourself, ATS, every company is because we've done innovative things over time and we've withstood the test of time, you know, um, when, when, when all of this shift started happening, you know, I was just pretty much another player in the game. Uh, you know, back, go back 2015, 2016. Yeah, we had a couple of niche things, but most of, most of it, yeah, I had really good competition. You know, we had Rob Coddins and, and Nick still around, but we were all playing in this same ballpark. But, and the thing was, is everyone was really talented. Um, like if I wasn't staying on my toes, my competitor's going to kick my butt, right? And sometimes they would, and sometimes I'd kick theirs. And that atmosphere is what drove innovation and parts and everything so hard. And when we started seeing those guys, you know, getting picked out the market, and then once, especially once this stuff went criminal back in uh, 2019, 
that's whenever I, that's when I said, if we don't get a hold on this, which I think you and I did a podcast and I said the diesel industry or the, the performance industry could be severely hurt or gone within 10 yeah. years. Yep. What I was saying by that is, 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 is not because people love it less, but because the new guys coming in, the new generations that we need coming in won't have that entry level, uh, entry level invite with basic parts, tuners, exhaust intakes, your, your basic modifications that get them to barely outrun their buddy at the track. And then their buddy says, well, if I get the same modifications you have, then I'm going to, going to be even with you. So then he'll buy a little something extra beats his buddy, the next guy. And it, and it escalates until, you know, you've got, you've got Ryan Milliken and, uh, LeVon Miller at the track battling each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and but all of the the people that were following the process along the times, that's their friends and their friends and their friends. Well, you know, it, by by 2019, 2020, the, the real drivers of the, the industry uh, and, and there's still some out there. I'm not discrediting anybody, but but as a whole, uh, you've seen it fall off. Right. I don't think we've seen a new true turbo kit developed in three or four years. You know, that's made it to market that revolutionized something. Uh, we've seen stuff that copy stuff done before, but we haven't really seen anything too terribly new and innovative come out in the diesel world and, and the gas world from some of my friends I spoke to is slowly starting to feel the pinch as well with, with tuning and then how they can sell the products. So, um, going all in that to say is, is where I was saying before the strong survive. So, uh, the quality now that's out there, granted, not all of it, right. But, the majority of stuff out there is this guy sold it to this guy. This guy sold it to this guy. And now this guy has it. Now this guy just sold all of this stuff to 10 other people for 500 bucks. And now you've got 10 new tuners in the game and everybody's got delete files and you can take and put in the truck and it doesn't have codes. Okay. But what happens when it doesn't work perfect or that customer actually upgraded their parts or they actually want a real tuning revision? or a good data log review to be able to make some changes for themselves personally. What we've seen over the past few years with that was that if you stole it or you're not actually a calibrator, then <laughs> you get caught with your panties down and you can get caught quite a bit. It generally like a new company comes out. I was talking to the office about this today. A new company comes out and they're driven, right? And every time they get an email for an order, they get a dopamine drop. Yeah. Uh, the new employees, a new employee is the same way. That's why you'll see big corporations flow through employees quite a bit because you catch all that new, new, new. Well, uh, it's easy to start a business. It's easy to get a customer base. And it's extremely easy whenever you start a new business to take time with each customer, make sure that it's personable. And then you'll see that customer say, hey, that was such a cool experience. I don't get that with, you know, this PPI company or this ATS or whoever, like, we do the best we can, but at the end of the day, this is a business. This isn't this isn't a, a a social gathering. But when you start a new business, that's always the protocol. You have to earn the trust of the public. So what we've seen over the past couple of years uh, has been some of these new companies coming in and having a lot of customers praise them and praise them and praise them and how awesome they are. But once a company, I always say, let the company grow, and then we'll find out what they're made of. Now that you've seen some of these companies grow, um, you're seeing them go, right? Because it's very easy to get started, get a company going. But once that thing starts, starts blowing and going and, uh, you know, money aside, now it's a job, right? Eventually your hobby can remain a hobby, 
but it's still a job. If you don't go to work for two weeks, there are consequences. If you don't answer that email for three days, there are consequences. So like I said, in the beginning of starting businesses, it's super easy to keep them up. So I think what we're in right now and what I've seen more this past year than I have the uh, the, the past two the, or the, the previous two were um, these companies that, that all popped up. So like we go away and a couple others go away. You got all these new guys that pop up. And um, these companies just not being able to really make it. Um, they're, they're, they built a lot of names online from customers, from being personal with them. But when push comes to serve and the personal stuff goes out the window and you actually need what you paid for, uh, I think that's what we're starting to see. A lot of companies uh, not be able to hang in there or hang in there. And um, that shift, what, what we've gotten more of this year was a shift for uh People saying that our customer support is the biggest reason they shifted because they were getting good products and whatnot. But a lot of companies not able to keep up with uh, the demand that they get with the expectations that they built the previous two years. And uh, most folks just don't break past that. So I've seen a lot of companies go uh, these past couple of years. And then also, obviously, the uh, the EPA. <laughs> I mean, the EPA's got they've got it to a point now to where no one knows what to do. Right. And California's made it dang near illegal. I mean, not illegal and dang near impossible right now. It pretty much is impossible for any custom tuning company to go get an EO. You know, it wasn't like that in the past. They've, they're just inconsistent and that's changed over the past, you know, since the Biden administration. So that's the crazy, the craziness as well. Uh, I've got a, there's a, a, a tuner that I was working with recently that I was excited. He was going to come into the market. We've been helping him out a little bit here and there as we can. And uh, he finally made a post a little while back that he was throwing in the towel because he checked how much it was going to cost to be able to get anything approved and sell it legally. And uh, he was like, yeah, man, that's that's I'm out. Like, I can't get started on that. So we're seeing some of that as well. Uh, that, that's that's kind of that's kind of my opinion. Um, a side note, I'd posted on uh, Garrett at Cletus. McFarlane, McFarlane, I'd post on his thing the other day and, and was just telling him how awesome it was doing what he's doing. Because without stuff like that, this industry's gone, uh, in, in my opinion. If, if the political atmosphere doesn't get fixed, it would be hurting. But you've got people like, like Garrett that are out there and doing these amazing episodes, and it's super entertaining, and it's more than just cars. So you're getting a lot of people interested. Uh, he's getting people interested in, and others doing similar, into cars. But there again... Can the people get the parts they want? And if they can, for how long? That's yeah. that's always the question. So I don't know uh, where, where it's going to end up at. It's going to be going to be interesting. But I'm still kind of standing by uh, what I'd said four years ago that we'll see what this industry is made of within 10 years if the political atmosphere is not resolved. One of the things like looking back and I don't know the exact time frames of this. So I'm just throwing out numbers. But one of the trucks that always sticks out to me is just was totally different when it hit the market was a 6.4 Power Stroke. And not because mm -hmm. of the way it sat stock, but because of the tuning options and the things that happened. <laughs> How much power CP3 they could make. Oh, and, man, a CP3 and piezo injectors. That's a party. And it, I don't know if it was six months that they were out or a year or so till they had tuning, transmission tuning. They're making 600 horsepower. It was just really eye-opening. And I think looking at the industry over the last, I don't know, two, three, four years, there was kind of that lull, which I, I, I like to talk about because I think if you're a truck enthusiast, you might not know why. You might remember the 6.4 you bought, you had awesome tunes within a year and you had all these options or your 6.7 Cummins. 
but the work that goes into it to be able to stay in business, to have the customer service, to have the customers. But I start to see newer things come out. Like um, I had mentioned uh, to you before the podcast, um, I was just on your guys' website. I just went there and I saw ASIN, I think it was beta testing for transmission tuning, 10 speed Allison stuff. And I was like, well, I got to get Corey on the podcast because <laughs> for I don't know how many years we were told you can't tune the ASIN. There's nothing you can do for it. That's what holds it back. You can do all these great hard parts, but until we do the transmission tuning, it just is what it is. And then the 10 speed Allison, I think you and I touched on it a little bit um, over the years is like, that's what it really needs. And I wanted to ask you about those those two things because the transmission goes like you know and and hopefully our listeners um, do as well. It goes hand in hand with your with your engine performance, your engine tuning, the way it shifts, keeping it reliable. So I wanted to ask you. Let's maybe start with the ASIN. What um, what kind of program? What kind of options? What are you guys looking at for being able to tune those transmissions? So um, we worked with EFI Live on the ASIN uh, platform for the flashing protocol. So um, I'd asked EFI if they could put that in there, and they said, yes, yeah, not a problem. We can get it done. Uh, and so they got that part done. We took and we got all the uh, – getting the binary files all done and, and parsed up to be able to fit and work with their software. You know, we got all that stuff taken care of. So it was a little bit of a process, but if <laughs> what's wild is I think it was two years ago when we did it. So uh, we've been actually, I've had too much going on and just too crazily busy <laughs> with, with everything to even take the time to finish or finish developing the Azen product. We had it working two years ago. And uh, so finally um, I ended up taking in, uh, I don't know, a few months ago, whatever it was. And, uh, I said, we have got to finish this. There's no reason to not finish it. The flashing works. Uh, EFI didn't have any mapping. No one had any, uh, you know, no one had the calibration tables defined in the software. So I had to do all of that manually. And that's just basically straight and hex looking at a bunch of patterns and lines. And um, <clears throat> that was super difficult to do it that way for, for me at least. And um yeah, so the, the way I actually did it, since I didn't have any of the mapping was, you know, I'm going through the code and, and I've been doing this stuff a long time. So, like, I've seen a few different lines in the code that um, we call it 2D. And I, and I recognize the, the lines as shift patterns. So, and there was just enough of them that would have matched the amount of modes or that are in the truck, you know, exhaust brake on, tow haul, et cetera. Uh, everything could, ha could potentially have had a different mode. Well, all that made sense. And then I had upshifts and then I had downshifts and I said, well... This is probably the shift area. So what I did was I went into the code and I maxed it all out. And uh, one of my employees, he said, what if you're maxing out the wrong thing? Or, he said, or they asked me, why are you maxing it out? I said, because if I got it right, the truck won't shift out of first gear. So, and I'll know I'm, I hit a shift point and maybe not something else in the code. And uh, so uh, he said, well, what happens if it's not right? I said, well, you better be ready to replace the transmission. <laughs> you know, <laughs> things can go really south. But anyway, so I took and did that. And uh, through doing it that way, I was able to find which modes are which and then which gears were which. And it's just time, you know, it's just brute force. And uh, so I took the time and I got it all done, got all the gears defined. And uh, at the end of it all, what I found was the Azen, you know, it has some lazy spots. It kind of short shifts, requires a whole lot of pedal to downshift. They've got this, not all of them, but most of them's got this weird one to two or two to one thing that happens. And um, most of what I did in the tune file was I first thing I was doing was just correct the shift points. And uh, when I got the shift points where I wanted them, where the truck drove great, the acceleration great, uh, the acceleration rates, how I want it to be like, feels good. 
feels feels happy. Um, the converter lockup OEM was perfect uh, with with the raised shift point. So I was like, I don't even have to touch the torque converter in this thing. And then the Azen already runs a ton of line pressure. You know, you don't generally hear of too many failures due to that. And so I even left line pressure alone and also getting the information about what line pressure to run from trans shops and stuff like that. Like it's kind of, kind of a pain. So it's like, okay, I'm going to leave it alone. People can modify that hydraulically. So uh, what ended up being done on it was, was shift points <laughs> and just doing shift points on the A's and made it, made it right. Made it perfect. If it used to, if I was going to get a, a RFE truck or a Azen truck, I would always say to the RFE, I was like, look, that thing sucks, but at least it drives better, you know, than the Azen does. It's like, yeah, Azen's probably going to outlast it, but like, that's a better driving experience. Uh, now I'm, I'm complete opposite. Go with the Azen truck for sure. Like we make it drive right. And um, yeah, we've sold a ton of them. I listed it as beta uh, because I didn't, you know, I knew there was going to be a ton of orders right when we released it, and it, which is already scary as it gets, you know, when you're releasing 2013 <laughs> to 2018 and different variations, different tuners. I mean, it's just a scary landscape to step in. Uh, and, and generally, I don't I'm not too worried about it. But in this one, it was all, you know, <laughs> the way I had to develop it was weird, but I was very confident in it. And uh, we released it and uh, I've had to make some revisions for like different tuners that, that have different torque to throttle ratios, so to speak. And, uh, cause that'll change your shift points and the way it works. But, uh, I've had a hundred percent sex. Se oh yeah. hundred percent sex. <laughs> what time? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I've had a hundred percent sex. Oh, show <laughs> definitely not a virgin. <laughs> no, but I, we've had a hundred percent success rate with every revision we've made. So, which is, which is crazy on how many we tuned on the initial release. And then, you know, some people are picky and some people's got a S472 turbo that they were having to manually shift it the whole time they had it. So uh, being able to get literally everything done, like it's supposed to no refunds is that's a good day. <laughs> it, it, I think it caught my attention because I, if I ever thought of buying, um, S67 Cummins. I went through the 68 RFE stuff and it just stuck in my memory. Like, I don't want to deal with it ever again. And I, right. I would want the ACID and I drove a few of them. I think a 2018 and a 2020. I just didn't like how it shifted. It was just, it Agreed. affected the driving experience so much where I'm like, oh man, it's just, it, it was tough. It feels but piggy. It, yeah. It just like it feels like, heavy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, heavy. I, it really caught my attention. I think that's, that's really something that's cool and i've personally wanted to see in the diesel industry like i want to do more episodes about six seven cummins with ace and transmissions because i think it does yeah. provide that alternative um to it, cummins it does. it does and um you know i'm the only uh, we're the only company doing it right now i've heard someone else did it or something like that but i've never seen anything come to market it doesn't matter who does it first it's just what's to market uh and and, and i think obviously whenever we release something and no one else has it, then you're going to see a lot of pressure get put on companies like HP tuners and EFI live and these guys and say, Hey, like why can they do it? And we can't. So what I'm hoping is, is, is that we'll take and we'll see, you know, over time here, whenever that one of these companies will come out and give a full, nice definition editor with all the maps in it. And then uh, maybe I won't have to try to reverse engineer the rest of it. <laughs> but I think that uh, I think it'll get picked up because it's just such a hot item. You know, I mean, if, if you have an Azen truck 
and you don't have this trans tuning, your truck sucks worse than than a, than a stock truck on the road. That's that's my opinion of it because if you have to manually shift the thing everywhere, that sucks. And if you have a stock turbo truck with a tune, well, that sucks too. If if it's got an azin in it, like they just shift like crap, and then when you tune them, it's even worse. So literally, just by fixing the shift points, it it resolves it. I've had a couple of them that like they wouldn't shift into overdrive and stuff like that, but that was like a a different gear ratio, this tire size, etc. And we've already got files built for if a customer has that issue that we can send them a file and it's been working right out the gate. And I think within one month, uh, I'll have it organized enough on my web on from the website to our library that when they put their mods list in, it'll automatically select the right file and, and get it right out to them. So we're getting really close to that. But I made it beta because it was just so many. I knew it was going to be a ton of trucks and a lot of different weird combinations and you just never know when you release something new, what's going to, what's going to end up coming out. Is there something I can't make a revision for or something that doesn't work when I try to, that I can't test here at the shop. So we made it beta, but we finally taken the beta name off of it. So we're, we're ready to go. That's cool. That's cool. I thought of a question to ask you. You mentioned the torque converter strategy. You didn't have to change with mm -hmm. it and the line pressure was good. And I, this is a very general question, but when you tune transmissions and it could be any year range, are there, is there one in particular that stands out to you as they're really good as far as an OEM strategy? Like there's not a whole lot you need to change with it or do they all leave something on the table? They all leave something on the table. Um, man, I, I don't know which one I would consider to be the best from the factory. I mean, the problem I have is they all just part slip and waste so much energy through the torque converter. And they do this for, 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 you know, NVH reasons. So <laughs> noise, vibration, harshness. Um, whenever someone you, does our trans tuning, especially on like the, uh, like an Allison or, a, a, a like a, a, a 10 or 6 or 5 or whatever. Um, one thing they'll always notice is that it locks the torque converter up earlier. And, the reason for that is, is because you, is, you want to lock it up as soon as you can without sacrificing drivability or taking and making it dump off between gears. Like you, you want to lock it right. But whenever that the torque converter is locked up early, you're, 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 it's so much more efficient, efficient. You're not wasting any energy throughout the torque converter. And the biggest thing I have is all the manufacturers, you know, they're not locking the, unless you're in tow haul normal drivability, they're not locking the converters up until some, a lot of, sometimes at 55 plus. And so the whole time you're going there, it's just kind of a, I call it a squish box. You know, it's just a slosh, a sloshy, you could bang it up and down. I like the thing to be able to grab a gear. I like to take the torque and come in from the engine and put it to the tire and not waste it through a torque converter. So, um, that's one thing people have noticed with all of our transmission tuning is, is that, but another thing that's interesting that people don't think about is whenever you lock the torque converter up, you increase the acceleration, the, the acceleration rate is primarily increased as well. So the shift points you may have had, say it with an unlock converter, that shift point you wanted to have at 20 miles an hour, you know, you might be short shifting it now just because it locked the torque converter up because Whenever it gets now, it gets to 20 miles an hour faster because you locked the torque converter up and it's more efficient. So let's say we lock the torque converter up. Now it got to 20 way quicker and it shifts. And when it shifts, it falls on its face because when you increase the acceleration rate 
by applying the torque converter, the original shift points a lot of times won't work unless you're at super high throttle. So we have to actually come in and, and fudge all the shift points up to a different to a different spot than what it would be. Like in our ten speed tunes, uh, it looks crazy. They're actually lowered in one area. They're up in one area. Like if if I looked at this tune file and and I hadn't seen it before, I'd say oh, that tuner might have been smoking a little crack when he did that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it doesn't look right. But when you actually get in the truck and you test it and you run it, you find that the way that the OEM had it looking kind of funny, there's a reason for that. So um, the old days of taking and, and, and like 10 years ago, people taking it looks pretty good and then you just blend it and it's a big, pretty curve. A lot of this newer stuff, it's not always just a pretty map. Sometimes it'll look a little bit funny, but if you actually made it just smooth like you would think it would be, it, it's it's not as desirable as the OEM, the, the way the OEM logic kind of worked. So um and, and and especially since now these these vehicles have so many more gear ratios i mean it's a lot of work to do a, a really good trans tune that's not just good for that truck but but is going to be universally really good you mentioned the 10 speed allison and that one well the 10 speed ford intrigues me as well but just the the 10 speed um, application. I don't know a whole lot about the 10 speed Allison. I think we've touched on it a little bit. I've talked with some transmission builders a little bit on it, but with the transmission tuning, tell me about that. Tell me what that was like. Tell me about the difference between driving like a stock L5P with a 10 speed and then one with a transmission tune. Yeah. The, the, the stock one I hate, uh, with a passion I did since the first time I drove one, the stock 10 speed shift strategy. I mean, it, uh, Man, it, it just it just feels like it doesn't go anywhere. It makes a lot of noise. You see a lot of three thousand RPMs, and it and it doesn't go anywhere. You know, the manufacturer put all this torque into these new engines. They are torque monsters. I mean, a tuned LB sevens back in the day couldn't make the torque that the stock trucks are making now, right? So they've got all this torque, but then they don't use it unless it's in you know seventh gear or so going up a mountain. Everywhere else, it's just SpongeBob. <laughs> it's banging three thousand RPMs. Well. The way we do it is as soon as it sees enough, uh, once it has the right load and the right amount of boost, then it's allowed to lock the torque converter. I don't want it to lock and then, you know, chuff the convert, choke the convert, uh, choke the turbocharger or fall on its face. You want a consistent, nice acceleration rate. Whenever it locks the converter up, you should see a small spike in boost. And that's, that's what you want. And um, with, with the, with that 10 speed, Without lock up on early, we lock the converter up as early as 15 mile an hour in some conditions, and it feels perfect. A lot of times you wouldn't know it besides the fact that it pulls way, way, way harder. But you'll you won't see that uh, that just 3000 RPMs hanging out, nothing going on. Um, one of my put it this way, I, I, I'd be willing to bet if you had a customer with a 10 speed with no trans, take two stock, stock trucks, actually take one and put a 100 horsepower tune in it. And then take a stock truck with just my trans tune in it with the 10 speeds. I would be willing to bet that the 10 speed with the, the, the truck with my tuning and stock uh, engine tuning will outrun that truck with just a hundred horsepower tune. And the reason is, is you can have all the horsepower you want, but if you're not putting it to the ground, you're going to get smoked by the guy that is, you yeah. know? So um, that's the biggest thing is we put torque to the ground. The OEM factory doesn't put it to the ground until you're past 50 something mile an hour. I think I saw on maybe Facebook or Instagram you had posted. I think you got a 2024. 
uh, yeah. Duramax, and I thought, oh, I'm sure he's got some cool stuff he's working on or going to have on that thing. We're playing. <laughs> We're playing. I've uh, We've learned a lot. Uh, uh, unlike the 23 Ford, I've, I've got a really, really, really the, – the 24 Duramax will happen. Um, that That's not too scary. That tuning's going to come. Uh, t- like stuff like the 23 Ford – that's going to be a long ways out. You might you might end up seeing a, a a file or two floating around the market, but if you tried to get a change done on that file, chances are it won't happen. What makes uh, it run so hard? The twenty three Ford. Yeah. It's uh it's a new ECU. So a lot of people were thinking they were going to pull the old dirty swap a twenty ECU or twenty one ECU into the twenty two truck trick, but uh, it doesn't work like that on the twenty three because it's a whole new ECU. Um. Uh, for what it's worth, we've already got one all apart and looked at all of it and did all kinds of work and research on it. And uh, that that's, that's going to end up being a processor swap game. I'm hoping someone proves me wrong. Right. But, uh, and, and it's possible. And like I said, there'll be probably a tune or two floating out there, but try to get it revised for something. It's not going to yeah. happen. So it's, it's, it's not a, it won't be a, a customizable tune. So you want a custom tune in it. Uh, that's going to be a good bit of work on the 23. Um, they haven't even, no one's cracked the 22 power stroke, right? Like, like it's not cracked. It's got a, one of the tune things floating around, but no custom tuning. And so, uh, take the 22 that still hasn't been cracked. We're going into 24 and they already came out with the 20, the, the 23 ECUs worse than the 22. Um, it's going to have to have manual labor on the ECU to work is the way it looks. And, and we're involved. So we're, we're working on it, but uh, I'd be surprised you've seen that in the next six months. <laughs> but the 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 Duramax, though, uh, I think we're I think we're going to be good. I think we'll be fine. Um, if anyone's saying they're in it and tuning it right now, they're lying. They're not. They're lying. Uh, we're we're not in it yet either. But uh, we're talking to it. So there's that. Um, once I have Flash Protocol for it, it wouldn't take me long. Uh, the tuning and mapping for it port is uh isn't scary it's, it's not bad uh but the flashing is is what you would expect global b so but it but it's it's not off it's not offline yet so that's that's still good the 23 power stroke that's going to be a different animal and i've seen people trying to swap their 2021 ecus in quit trying that it's not going to work <laughs> do you get a lot of um a lot of feedback or inquiries for like the smaller Duramax and like the half tons and, and some of those, I, I that popped in my head cause I did an episode recently with Lenny Reed from dynamite diesel products. And he, he, I think he's bought two of them, I think. And yeah. he's really excited about them. And, and uh, I know you've always been at the, kind of the forefront of innovation with tuning and diagnosing and, and just analyzing, um, you know, platforms. So is that something that you see from your side? The people are, are wanting to modify them, wanting to get a little bit more power, get a little bit more performance from them. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, a little, little quick story on that. So um, we worked with, with HP tuners on the development of that, the, the 1500 3.0, uh, the, the, the little mini Duramax. Uh, we worked with them on that. We went back and forth, helped to help uh, define what more mapping it needed and uh, tested flash protocol PIDs, did a lot of work with those guys. And um, the same with the TCM. And, and we got it all done, like like 100% completed and then uh, got hung up with carb. So I have the tuning finished it's done if i got a green check mark i could send out tunes for everyone on today but we're hung up at carb 
but I love that truck. So I had one and drove it for about a year. I, I used it during the hurricane and I abused it. I was doing full wheel drive burnouts, trying to pull trees across the road and had no business pulling. <laughs> and it, I couldn't kill it. I didn't care if I killed it. It was tore up from the hurricane already. Insurance is going to take care of this truck. So let's see what it's made of. I couldn't kill it. It's awesome. Uh, I like it enough that um, I told my dad to go get one. And that's what he daily drives. They're awesome. They're really intriguing. Yeah, huge demand. It's a really intriguing platform, I think, because you might not need a three-quarter or one ton, but you still want the torque of a diesel engine, and those trucks are so nice. I've looked at them. They are, a, and a they're bunch torque of torque monsters. Yeah, I mean, they're at peak torque at like 1450, 1500 RPMs. So that's what my dad said. He's like, man, I hardly ever hear Like, I never have to hardly put it to the floor. It just pulls. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a, it's a great truck. If, if, if I, and people ask me all the time, you know, if, would you get the Ford 3.0, the, the Eco Diesel or the Duramax, the Duramax hands down. So that thing's awesome. I've owned all, I've owned all three of them. The Duramax by four, the GM, GM nailed that little 3.0 liter motor. It's awesome. It's cool to see that they're still, they've still continued to support it still in new trucks where, you know, like the, 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 the smaller uh, power stroke of the F-150, um, you know, they don't offer that anymore. I'm not sure about the eco diesel, what it's going to be in or, or how that's, that's shaking out, but it's cool to see that they're still an option because people wanted that forever. They'd always say, I want a half ton oh, yeah. with a diesel. I don't need the three quarter or the one ton. And it, it's been cool to see that on the market. Yeah, it has, it has. And, uh, you know, we are tuning with it. We did a, uh, I think we, I'm gonna go off the top of my head here, but I think we did like a revised stock and then a, uh, 20 and a 40 horsepower tune for it. Uh, and, oh, and a, a 60, but I ended up backing it down to 50. The 60 was just people, people would end up having regen issues on it. Like they won't be able to control themselves. So I backed, actually I made 67, backed it to 60, uh, let my cousin and a couple of others drive it for a while and, and they couldn't keep their foot out of it enough to stay out of regen. So I backed it down to 50 and then it, it, it had no more regen issues or nothing like that. <laughs> so, um, that's what we've got them, got them up to now. And, and whenever I say beat on them, I mean, like, we really beat on them. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So, uh, they're, they're awesome, man. They make a ton of torque and especially when it's coupled with transmission tuning, it's the kind of the same thing I said earlier. Uh, when you lock the converter on that truck early on, I mean, you can shred the tires off and it's a 1500. Try to do that with the gas version like that. It's, it's not going to do what the diesel version does with the tuned ECM and TCM that's done properly. Is there a truck, a diesel truck that you tune where you're looking at what you can do with the engine and you know you can push it to a certain power level, but there's something else that holds it back with the OEM setup, whether it's a transmission, something in the engine, the turbo, where you just wish, hey, I, had, I wish they had a better transmission. I wish they had a better turbo because I could still keep this emissions compliant. I could still get them more power, but it's this one part that I just can't do it. I've always been curious about that wanted to ask you. Yeah, I mean, the, the limitation's always primarily the turbocharger. Um, we generally always got enough fuel on board to, to, to cause a rich mixture if we wanted to uh, with the stock turbo. But, uh, you know, a small turbo upgrade, uh, I mean, it unlocks them. You know, you take an L5P, for example, and, you know, about 575 is where their peak efficiency, we've got them up to five 597. And, uh, you know, you can't hold them on the floor right there uh, forever. But at 575, you can where, you know, a little small 63 millimeter or 66 millimeter turbo upgrade or something. Now you can keep it held on the floor at 600 horsepower. Yeah. And so 
uh, yeah, you always you always wish that there was a little bit more air on board. But another thing is is that uh, and and a couple of turbo manufacturers do it with us. But gone are the days of taking a turbo and just tossing it on a truck and it's going to work. Uh, with emissions present, you know we get people all the time. Hey, I put a sixty eight VGT on it. Uh, they said it works with the emissions. Can you send me a tune for it? Say no. It's it's if it was deleted, sure. You know, there's I don't have to worry about a, a fact checker back there. However, uh, that has to be developed now. You've got a pressure. You know, we'll use an example of that. Is is let's say to run. Uh, I'm gonna give a rough example. Let's say to run 700 DGTs run down the road 55 miles an hour. Uh, the vane position in your turbocharger might be sitting at 40 percent, 50 percent, and everything's happy. The exhaust pressure in the pipes a pound and a half. Everything's chilling. All right. Now let's take that a big VGT turbo and we put it on there. Well, to in order to maintain the same EGTs, I'll need to tighten up the vane position a little bit to get it to get it to flow the same air, right? So when we do that, EGTs look good. Air to air to fuel ratio looks good. Oh crap! I've got three pounds in the tailpipe now. Well, that three pounds that's in the tailpipe, uh, it, the computer's eventually probably going to get pissed off about it and say, "Ah, oh, we got to." pressure differential issue over here and um that's the part where i have to come back and say okay well it's because i had to tighten up the veins in the turbo so much that it caused more back pressure on that system so the only fix to that would be to lower your boost pressure a little bit to open up the vein some to relieve that well now i did that but oh i got 300 degree higher egts now yeah oh okay now we've got an over temp condition and the egr is trying to overcompensate oh that's nice. So those are the things that we run into emissions present with aftermarket turbos. And, and that's what I've been talking to a few turbo manufacturers about. Like, hey, I'm I'm with you. I will do it for free. But I can't keep I can't keep putting turbos on trucks over here to develop so that your ports work with these trucks. But we're on the same team. Get a truck, put your turbo on it, drive it, make sure everything's happy, pressure test it, send it down to me. I'll develop the calibration. Give me a few weeks. I'm doing it for free. You know, and that's me just wanting to see the industry, uh, wanting to see parts manufacturers get involved and not be not be scared of it. You know, and uh, but the thing is, is, we can't we can't just keep putting turbochargers on trucks and it not work and spend all the time doing it. So I think for any manufacturer that wants to work with us, man, I'm, I, I won't even charge you. I, I'll want to see parts come into the market that work with the missions present trucks. Uh, so. It's. I want to see more aftermarket parts come into the industry. We worked with a few of them, and and those parts work great. They run like they're supposed to, but the initial investment's obviously a little bit higher these days. But as of now, I'm I'm not even charging. I just want to see it. I just want to see this market keep going because if a kid's got an emissions present truck and they they they're not going to do all the stuff to it, well, I don't want their ceiling to be right there. You know, I want them to be able to go and have some fun and, and get involved in the industry. And we want to see that happen through, uh, you know, turbocharger sales. That's always your first big boy modification, upgrade the airflow. So I think it's going to be the responsibility of, of, of calibrators and manufacturers working together to make sure these, these products work. Because if you put it's, it's worse to take a product that you think will work emissions present just because it retains the emission systems and it not work then it is just to not release it at all because it makes not only the product look like it doesn't work that well, it makes uh, the product and calibrator look like it works that well, but it also puts a bad taste in people's mouths saying, oh, it doesn't work with the emission systems. 
that's not the case. It just needs to be developed properly and calibrated properly. Do you find there's more companies in the industry that are, I don't want to say less afraid, but maybe more apt to try to invest in the design, the testing with things outside of tuning, like whether it's fuel systems, turbos, other components. So somebody almost can one day be able to, you know, call PPI or email in and say, Hey, I'm going with turbo a, I'm going with injectors from company B. Um, and you were able to provide a file for that and everybody's happy. It's all emissions present. There's testing for everything. Is that, uh, is that something you see is happening with other companies? I mean, if it doesn't, I mean, I don't know what their game plan is for the long haul. You know, it's, it's just welcome to the new era. You know, it's the new world. And not only is, is it a new era from a political standpoint, but the vehicles and the ECUs and the emission systems have, have really evolved as well over time. So the, the tighter, I, I can tell you, you uh, I won't spill beans yet, but like uh, a small modification that's emissions present on my 24 model calls the code that has never coded on anything else. And the reason it called a code, it, 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 it coded was because the tolerances in the emission system have tightened up that much. So the part that we installed actually lowered the pressure uh, in the pipe and it, which, it, which means it's more efficient, right? It's flowing more air. And that small pressure drop was just enough to cause it to code, which it, which didn't exist before. You could do it to 23 LML. I mean, L5P, no issue. 24, Nope, it's there. So we, we know that the, the tolerances on the new models are even tighter. So the, the tighter they get all that stuff, unless a company just intends that there's going to be uh, race tuning forever, which hey, there might be, hopefully there is. Uh, but if, if all your eggs are in that basket, that's, that's, not, a, that's not one I'll be putting stock in um, because you have to evolve. You can do both. But I think for longevity, you, you really need to evolve. And some folks will see it as like, oh, the emission system sucks. I don't want to work with that. It just sucks. It's junk. Yeah, I don't I don't care for them either. But if you can get your stuff to work with the fact checker on the back, the amount of knowledge you gain while doing it is so great that that knowledge can then translate over to the products you're developing. You know, a lot of these guys that are making some of these aftermarket turbos would never tell their customer to put it on their truck had they actually logged all the emission systems at the same time and see that, oh, this might need a revision. It might not work, you know, uh, but but people don't really do that. They'll take and but some do, but but most will take and just put it on the truck, do a wide open throttle dyno pull on their emissions present truck and drive it around for a little while. And it all seems fine. But and that's OK. And it might be fine on that truck. What happens when GM does the next update and the next update has a 15% tighter tolerance in a certain emissions area? Well, now that no longer works at all. You know, uh, so the best thing is, is you've got to know what the tolerance levels are and then keep them within the minimum maximum ranges. And then, you know, that the, it's going to stay happy for the long haul. I think, and we've definitely chatted about it on previous podcasts is the landscape in which a company can sell products for a diesel truck is so different with, EPA and enforcement and all those kind of things. You, you have to do the testing and the legwork beforehand. Otherwise it's such a huge risk to just release something out there. And yeah. Uh, and that's what we get hit with a lot is, is, you know, a customer will get sold from XYZ, these, these parts that work with emissions present stuff. And the manufacturer thinks it works with the emissions present stuff because they didn't remove emissions, but that that's, that's totally not the case. 
um, you could not remove the emission system, but modifying modifying the air or fuel, you modify the air to fuel ratio. Now the emission systems are reacting to the new parts. All of this has to go hand in hand, you know, and, and I'm sure there's other calibrate. I don't know, maybe hopefully, but there'd be other calibrators out there saying, hey, we won't we want to take on this challenge. Like you, we, we need to do it now. Hey, later on, maybe in two years, once everybody starts doing it, then we can charge for it. You know, we can start charging for this service. But as of now, we need to just try to keep this freaking side of the industry alive. So I, I'm hoping I've got, I've got a truck sitting in my shop right now. A turbo manufacturer shipped down. It arrived, uh, it arrived middle of last week. It's a brand new Ford with a big turbo on it and a bigger turbo. And uh, we're going to start testing on it, but I, I'm really hoping that more manufacturers will want to want to get involved with this stuff. I definitely think it's cool um, what you guys are doing in the transmission side. It's always been one of my favorite parts of trucks, I think, because feeling what a stock one was for so long and then transmission tuning and then a built transmission. I'm like, oh, man, this is like this is as cool as any of the engine stuff that I did. And I know Dude, that isn't people, it? it is. It's 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 not as. It's not as cool as like lifting the hood and there's a nice shiny turbo and you know a dual yeah. cp3 it's not as cool as that but you feel it all the time and it makes such a big difference i love the analogy you gave of taking a truck emissions on 100 horse tune another truck emissions on but with transmission tuning and it being quicker um you know over a given distance yeah. because i think there's a lot of performance um, to gain there. Um, I know you're a busy guy, but I did want to ask you as far as like 2024 so I'll, and looking towards I'll the toss next... in that. I'll, I'll toss in that. You, you mentioned 2024, but I'll, I'll add on to that. So the increase that we've seen on the, on the, on the Ford, just, I think it was a Ford Duramax regardless, probably it was about same results regardless, but just transmission tuning on a stock Ford, we gained 140 foot pounds of torque in the drivability ranges, wow. right? After 70 mile an hour, things are locked up. Everything's, everything's normal. But under under fifty mile an hour, or, or whatever, you had and you had access to an additional safe OEM approved hundred and forty extra foot pounds of torque. That's just transmission difference. tuning, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. You know, the one hundred and forty foot pounds of torque. If you take and that that would generally require a seventy horsepower tune to gain one hundred and forty foot pounds of torque. So installing just the transmission file until it's full lockup, like it would be from OEM. That's like getting a 70 horsepower tune that you have zero to worry about because the, the engine tuning still completely stopped, but you gained 140 foot pounds of torque. It's awesome. Yeah. And especially in the area where you're spending most of your time driving right. or, or really need that extra torque. Um, yep. Like looking into 2024, what are some things we should pay attention to with PPI? Some things that um, maybe you can't talk about yet, but just some things maybe you're working on or different platforms, different things you're going to tackle. Um, one thing I'm excited about, uh, that I'll, I'll hit on a little bit is, uh, you know, we've been working on our own device for a really long time and, uh, it, it, we haven't stopped. Like that's, that's a daily thing ever. Like that's, that's every day. And that's been every day for years I've had either me, me and a team member or a team member specifically. I've got a, I've got three full-time guys working on it and they've been working on it for years. So uh, that's going to come out and that'll help out a lot. That'll, that'll allow us to separate ourselves. We're still going to have all the custom tuning and do all the custom tuning stuff. People know, known us for the past 15 years or whatever, but uh, I'm also going to have another brand that will be literally, you know, a plug and play plug and play solution. 
and uh, it, it'll it'll work all through the cell phones. There's a cool app, but my future plans for it, which once it releases, I'll talk about the future plans, but the future plans for it have never been done in the automotive industry. And I think it's going to completely revolutionize the expectations of technology whenever you play with with anything performance on your vehicle uh that might not even release in 24 that might that part might would be 25 but um let's just say you could race people for money and not be by them <laughs> that's gonna be cool which right? is interesting right right yeah. which is interesting but but uh yeah you can you can be street outlaws and have legitimate street outlaws races and people can watch and you can be in two different areas it's really interesting. It's crazy. It's massive. <laughs> well, you think about the way of the world and how technology has changed it over time. Distance isn't what it used to be. The way we consume content, information, do business deals with people, talk to people, network with people. It's not all the way. Like when I was growing up or what my expectation was way back when was you had to be face to face. You had to go to a meeting. You had to go to a convention. You had to do these things. And the world isn't like that anymore. So it's really, it really piques my interest to think about automotive and performance yeah yeah I'll, embracing I, yeah that. it's 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 going to be really really it's going to be <clears> cool so so initially the device launches as as you know a tuner a data logger you know a basic handheld it's got codes and all that good stuff in it uh got some cool little features you can do manual regions and all this other stuff but uh but my plans for this are not what the initial release are it's going to be awesome it's always going to continually get better but my plans for the future of it is is what I think is the future of uh, the the future of automotive performance. I, it's going to be very cool. Um, I would I'd like to, you know, whenever the music industry came out and and uh, or, or sorry, whenever like iTunes came out and iMusic or and all this stuff, you know, it, it really 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 disrupted a lot of the uh, the way the industry worked and the industry standard. But um, I have a plan that if this works out, like I would like to see it work out that it could be incorporated into every drag strip in the country and, and, and every shop in the country and actually create a whole new world of racing that did not exist before. And, uh, I, I'm just super, super pumped. Um, it's being worked on. So we're working on it. It's just that it's very complicated, but it's doable. <laughs> very cool. Well, I, I appreciate your, your time today chatting with me, answering those questions that I had about, uh, you know, transmissions and just catching up with you. I love hearing what you're working on yeah. and, and what you're doing okay. for the industry. So I'll, yeah, I'll say too, like, like, and, and that's, that's one thing for 24, but another thing for 24 that I'll be doing is, um, I've gotten involved with, with, with some more guys that, that really bring outside of the diesel industry, but just the business aspect in just business in general. Uh, I've, I've, got so many friends that are doing so many good things for a lot of the young younger men and, and youth and and aspiring entrepreneurs in this country that you know i've tried to kind of stay out of any limelight with that as much as possible uh it, it just it never felt you know I, I don't know the right word for it but we'll just call it humble you know i, I don't want to be the person that's talking i've done this so you should you should follow this step and do that. But the, the more I'm online, the more I see stuff and, and especially talking to people, I've been talking to people a lot more lately, uh, being a little less of an introvert and, uh, man, there's just a lot of, of misguided direction and, and a lot of, uh, a lot of negativity and lost hope and the ability of people being able to, to make it without just being a one hit wonder, but to sustain business and sustain finances and then how to rise above everyone else around you. Um, 
and it's really not that difficult of a task, but I see a lot of these, the, the influencers and, and, and guys that are talking and, and man, it's super relatable, but, uh, I come from a little bit different aspect of it all as I did all that while battling the United States government. And so I've gotten to see the underbelly of the legal system in a way that most people will never experience and pray they never get to experience it. So with, with every aspect of, of this was bad, what would I have done different before? Um, I don't have a ton of things I can say I would do differently uh, from, a, from a legal or business uh, standpoint, um, not talking about deletes or anything, just business wise. Uh, I don't have much I would do differently because we were so freaking structured. Like the business model worked, the the way we conducted ourselves, you know, to the public worked. Uh, everything just really worked well. Uh, had hurdles along the way, but the knowledge we gained, and I'll go ahead and say, uh, I could say the tests that we've passed, uh, this has to be shared. This has to be shared. People need to know how to properly structure their businesses, know how important it is to have their taxes right, how important it is to protect your business and protect yourself personally. Uh, and then also, you know, what it takes uh, to, to do it and to rise above the crop from a guy that that that's to, that eats off his paper plates in the morning with the foodie coat, <laughs> you know, and, and and does have the vacation home and, and fought a, a 10 plus million dollar battle with the government. So um, I'm going to be doing a little bit more speaking and talking and uh, uh, I'm not going to go down the influencer rabbit hole. That's that's not what I want to do. But I, I have a lot of messages to share, and I think we could help a lot of people and uh, restore faith in, in a lot of people that maybe have lost some faith. And, you know, if only one person tuned in and I helped one person, then that's worth it. I'll definitely be tuning into that. Make sure you let me know when uh, when when you start. Uh... Well, it's, well, we'll start it. Uh, we'll start it in a room that's right down this hallway, and, <laughs> and, and you're going to have to come down for it. So. <laughs> It'll be some some uh, very interesting, fun conversations. Uh, it'll be a great time, and, and you'll definitely be be one of the first. Uh, I definitely look so we to always it. look up to you and love what you do, man. You've been one of the only folks really doing this and doing it the way you do it in the industry, and I hope more people realize the value that, that you bring to this whole entire industry. It's a lot of work to do what you do, and, and I appreciate it. Thanks. We definitely, definitely appreciate that. We're big fans of yours and I appreciate your time on, on this afternoon chatting with me yeah. and uh, yeah, look forward to chatting again in the future, seeing some of these cool things you have coming up. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be awesome. The future's, the future's bright. Future's bright. Don't forget diesel fans, make sure and head on over to Kershaw.kaiusa.com. Use code diesel2023 for 20% off site-wide. It's a great way to save some money, get some really cool gear. So if you're in the market for a knife or hunting, fishing, EDC, something around the job site or house, they've got a ton of different choices um, for different uh, blade shape, uh, blade length, handle designs, bunch of cool stuff. So definitely make sure and head on over if you're in the market. Also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen at 23 Diesel, John, J. Cole, all of our other Patreon supporters, all you who follow us on YouTube and podcast apps, social media. We appreciate all your support here in year seven of the Diesel Podcast and look forward to bringing you more of the content that you want to hear in 2023. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.